You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, Germany. And I'm your other host, Michael Edwards, out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net slash support to see some ways you can help us out. We are in episode 53, and you might have noticed a little something about our intro this week. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get sued, I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going to address it now, we're going to comment on it, and that's going to be fair then. (laughs) <laughs> you're right it's it's for parody purposes and, and obviously yeah i mean no copyright intended <laughs> yeah so tell me why did we just have phil collins in the air tonight drum fill in our intro song uh because i discovered a video where someone had a, created a 30 minute loop of that drum fill and it's not various drum fills it's the one drum fill over and over and it never ever crashes into the next part of the song which is what you want and so you described that as audio blue balls. <laughs> yes. I'm just glad that whoever edited that together really made an effort to splice it in a way that there is no jump, there is no <laughs> like there is no obvious cut and yeah, pretty there's no often record hop. Yeah, pretty often with all those um random sound effect for 10 hour videos like they don't really make an effort to to splice it together in a pleasing way so after yeah. like the third repetition you're like ah oh, man it's just there's no rhythm in it well but to be one, fair sometimes sometimes a bad jump is funnier it just depends on okay, the video <laughs> yeah but this is musical content and i yeah at least the meme was produced well <laughs> They picked a good picture of Phil Collins, too. (laughs) Which the other thing I got to throw in our show notes is uh, there's someone... Or no, Phil Collins, uh, for like a reissue of his albums, actually took new pictures, recreations of all his album covers with his older self. And that is worth sharing because dude's a baller if he's willing to (laughs) represent his, his current face in that way. Yeah, it's a nice idea. It's a very nice idea. Well, and most of of his album covers are just his face, so it works. Like, if you're some other band, it's like, yeah, we shot a new picture of that abstract pattern. (laughs) Great. Would you ever put your own face on your album art? I probably wouldn't. Why? Why wouldn't you? (laughs) Because, I don't know, most of my art's an escape, and I'm not trying to be myself in it exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good reason. Yeah, maybe that would be the reason why I wouldn't want to do it myself. Like, I don't want to have a face pictured while I'm listening to music, unless it's a very about a very specific person whom yeah. I know the face of. But yeah, I mean, it's looking at this album art, it, art, it works. Like, why wouldn't he do it? But I wouldn't ever see myself using my own face as an album artwork. This is an impromptu topic, but I think that's because in a different era, like you needed those album covers so people would know what you looked like, you know, pre MTV, like all the singer songwriters are just sitting there holding their instrument. And it just tells you a lot about what kind of artist they are since you didn't know before you bought the record. Yeah. 
I guess it's the same with all those boy bands. Obviously, it's about the image. Like people bought those because, oh, I like the Backstreet Boys and especially <laughs> this one member of the Backstreet Boys. So obviously they want those guys on the cover. Be careful. Um, you're going to create a, a micro genre of boy bands that don't ever show their image. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-boy bands. So we got boy band music, but the image is like very, like, uh, very introverted and they don't show very us. Very unattractive. But the yeah. Boys. But the music Music is totally upbeat and extroverted. It's <laughs> and just all their whole just like girl, that's yeah. why I love you kind of stuff. Yeah. And when they're performing on stage, it's not like they just stand in a row next to those microphones because some boy bands still did that as like a stylish performance. <laughs> no, they would have like XX, the XX levels of introversion on stage <laughs> of like just looking down at their shoes. <laughs> shoegaze boy band. Yeah, shoegaze, the shoegaze boy band. <laughs> uh. Well, you had a little follow-up on your mic arm. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last uh, last episode, I talked about how my boom arm, um, yeah, like how I broke a screw in there. So it still works, but it doesn't work in the same way it used to. I messaged the, um, I tried to message the uh, merchant on Amazon. Yeah, it turns out they don't exist on Amazon anymore. Maybe that was a reaction on me investigating. Maybe it was just a coincidence, <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm going to have to, like, uh, next time I'm at a hardware store, for cosplay reasons anyway, I'm just going to look for a screw because it's not like you can't find such a screw anywhere. It's just, I would have liked to get the original screw because I knew it would work. And yeah, but uh, it's still working. It's just this merchant just vanished from from the face of the earth after I investigated getting a new screw from them. <laughs> um, still not going to get the $100 boom arm. <laughs> I just think when I hear you say my boom arm, I just think of like Mega Man or something like a power, like you can shoot your arm off. And <laughs> now I got your power. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> so I, I hinted at our joke of creating the boy band micro genre of, of unattractive, non-image conscious boy bands. Uh, and that's our big topic today is uh, musical micro genres and uh Start us off with this one that I don't think you're very fond of. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Nightcore. Um, so m the first time I found out about Nightcore was just a random YouTube video that was linked somewhere on Reddit. And it was basically a sped up song, like a techno or trance song, or maybe it's just a pop song, but they just speed that up. And then they slap like an anime girl drawing on there, which they probably didn't ask permission from the original artist if they could use it, um, as is the case for most music YouTube channels, as I found out by, uh, yeah, having to address those people. But yeah, that's a different topic. So, um, they just speed up songs and then I upload them. They call it night call remix. It kind of reminds me of trance music, but really happy sounding <laughs> kind of yeah well there, there is actually a connection to the i think mostly um netherlands based uh, uh genre of happy hardcore which is really hardcore dance tracks but they are all in major keys <laughs> yeah. and it sounds uh if anybody's ever seen um new kids i don't know if they are you familiar with the t television show new kids no then it's just a European thing. So it's a, a Dutch group of comedians who play like those really, um, yeah, trash, white trash guys from, from the Netherlands. Um, it's just over the top 
awkward and just <laughs> ah man. So um, the theme song of that, or just all of the soundtrack, almost of that, is just those happy hardcore tracks, and that's mostly what I uh, what I um, yeah connect that thing with. But um, so Nightcore actually has a different origin uh, uh, origin story. So. It was some Scandinavian, I think it was Sweden, like some Sweden, Swedish guy or two Swedish guys. They basically invented the actual nightcore genre, but then it kind of developed into something else. So nightcore was kind of similar to happy hardcore and that it was like very fast, very danceable, very hard beats, but still major key and happy in a sense. <laughs> um, well, that, that's happy hardcore. I think nightcore was very similar to that then. But at some point it developed that people would just speed up random songs and call it a nightcore remix. And that got way more popular than the other thing on the internet, like the original nightcore. So, um, they kind of co-opted this whole theme, uh, this, this trend. And thing is, I, I have to really admit that I have absolutely no respect for this <laughs> new style nightcore. Picking a song and just speeding it up and then, like, first of all, I mean, I mean, I don't believe anybody who does nightcore remixes would call themselves a musician. I don't think those people are musicians. <laughs> the other thing is, people who listen to that, I would really like to uh, ask them, like, do you also listen to the Chim Chipmunks records? Like, what, what what pleasure do you gain from hearing that thing sped up? Like, is it actually getting better? I remember getting a comment on one of Lars's videos uh, saying like, man, the song sounds a lot better at 1.5 speed. Now you got to remember that um, the song on YouTube, if you speed it up, it doesn't change pitch. It's just like with an algorithm speeds it up. Yeah. And I tried and I was like, I don't, I don't see that. Like maybe I'm, I'm too connected with the song because I made it, but I really don't see how that song works at 1.5 speed. So why are you listening? What is this genre even like? Imagine if I, I, I'm going to make a new genre up. Let's see. I'm going to just, you put a song through a low pass filter, like a 200 hertz cutoff filter and just call it like neighbor trap. Like <laughs> if the, your neighbor is listening to music very loudly and you only hear like the bass and lower mids, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Neighbor call or neighbor trap. Uh. There you go, See, new genre. What I find annoying about this is a good genre to me allows for a, a wide variety, but these micro genres are totally based on like you do this one very specific technique and we've labeled it a yeah. genre. And that to me is not <laughs> what a genre is about. Like rock as a genre encompasses a huge variety of stuff. And yet there's still some thread through it that, you know, usually rebellious or sexual or some kind of, you know, nature to it that makes it rock and roll and we're you know contrasted with folk which also contains an insane variety of happy and sad and different styles and different arrangements and when you're like yeah like you know you got to get punched in the face and then you sing the highest note you can and we're calling it punch <laughs> face high singing core like that's not genre making to me um just because I have the perfect video for what you just described. Um, and we're going to link this in the show notes. Please take a look at this video. And for you listeners, check out our show notes at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 53. And that's the video called My Highest Note Yet. And you're I'm not going to watch I mean. it now. Cause I'm okay. Gonna... I'm not going to play the sample now. Um, <laughs> we're going to play a lot of other samples. So uh, also in the show notes, we got a link to one hour of Nightcore. And you had a lot of fun with the song list of that video. 
Yeah, I just couldn't help but notice some really terrible song names. Like, I don't know if this is a typo from the YouTube account, probably, but one of the songs is, is Listen to Your Hearth instead of Heart, <laughs> I think. Um, so I just created a, a, a collection of the song titles. So the new Nightcore, every Nightcore song is I'm a raver angel with a shotgun in the UK drinking poison in my hearth having a fantasy about the way you kissed me. And I think that kind of covers what Nightcore is all about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was one of the genres that um, I discovered years ago. And I was like, yeah, man, what is this? Um, but then there is a new trend of genres on the internet. Um, also kind of on the verge of micro genres and or sometimes even meme genres um, that yeah, actually kind of started out like a meme and people were making fun of it. And then, um, yeah, it's being taken a bit more seriously now. And the music they produce isn't bad. It's actually very good. Um, uh, I remember when we were driving around Denver, I, I put on some Vaporwave and Benji was like, man, that sounds cool. What is it? And I had to explain <laughs> like the origin of it. So um, I don't even know where to start. So in our show notes, we also got a video by Vox explaining like how C-Punk and Vaporwave got mainstream in, in, what's yeah. in some, some sense. Um, and I now noticing that I made a mistake by not actually making any actual notes in here, but just writing the word aesthetics two times, um, <laughs> which is all what Vaporwave is about, aesthetics. So what is Vaporwave? What is, what is Synthwave? What is C-Punk? So Vaporwave, a lot of people uh, connect Vaporwave, or when they think of Vaporwave, they think of one certain song by Macintosh Plus, the title of which I can't really pronounce because it's some uh, Japanese characters, which I never made a bother to to actually look up. Um, it sounds like elevator music, kind of. Yeah, it's it's basically like slowed down, smooth jazz, or elevator music, or 80s R&B, 90s R&B. And um, the imagery around it is like based on this all those ninety tropes. Um, there is a like early CGI, like a, and... yeah, like early CGI that looks really bad, and then um, everything is pixelated, uh, bright colors, neon colors. And I remember seeing like a one-hour video of Vaporwave, and you had like spinning SD cards written where, where <laughs> it said like sixty-four megabytes on there. <laughs> um, like all this imagery uh, is like connected with that. Um, but yeah, they basically take that like old songs, then sample them, slow them down most of the time. Um, which isn't like, uh, Witch House, which we also talked about, which yeah. some, uh, no, it, it wasn't Witch House, the genre, but the artist called Witch House on Spotify, who just slows down other people's songs. Uh, so the antithesis. Yeah, we complained of, about uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> so Vaporwave has kind of a connection to Synthwave. Synthwave is the kind of sound that's like, sometimes called retro wave or future synth um the kind of music from the uh drive soundtrack is it drive the soundtrack by kavinsky uh oh, i know the that song soundtrack. is called drive um but i think it's drive yeah um and also hotline miami which i got a sample of uh here so it's like recreating this 80s style of um synthesizers and sound and ambience in general the whole atmosphere um, yeah. You can usually tell by the like decaying snare, the old style synthesizers, a lot of phaser and chorus on there, delay. And um, also one of those genres that I really enjoy listening to and there's still new stuff coming out. Uh, it's just like a uh, pun intended wave coming over the internet of synth wave <laughs> and vapor wave coming everywhere. 
So have um, you made any contact with any of that yet, with any of the things I talked about in the last few minutes? Yeah, and I mean, when I think about these genres, whether they're jokes or, or earnest, serious art, which I don't think is mutually exclusive things, but um, I just think of how music has gotten very postmodern in some ways. And like there, there's this tail chasing of like it's past focused, it's obsessed with nostalgia And yet it's a new thing and it's this crazy mix and, um, it's, it's a different era than say the middle of the 20th century, which didn't have these features to how music was created or the way the, the music was being explored. And I don't, I'm not saying good or bad about that, but it's, um, it's this weird, like we can't look straight forward anymore. We're always kind of wrapped up in ourselves <laughs> and, and culture. And like, I think, I don't know if this is an official philosophical term, but I think of like hyper culture, like culture moves too fast now that everything trips and remix it. Things are remixed before they even exist in the first place, almost. And also and, all those parallel subcultures that look at different things happening in the past and then mixing those between each other, like interweaving. Yeah. There's and, no one major trend anymore. And I think just because the world moves so fast now culturally because of the internet, because of connectedness, that's why this happens now. Because in the past, you it just took longer for new ideas to seep through. But that also meant those ideas could marinate longer and develop more before they became mainstream. And so it was just, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying that's superior or inferior. It's just different. Um, but you know, it'd be like, oh, that Bob Dylan guy sure is, you know, writing very expressive poetic lyrics. And like we get 10 years for that to invade the entire folk culture. Um, and now it's like, Hey, that guy like took that noise from Sonic adventure and then he like looped it this way. And I'm going to do that. And th that happened yesterday, but you know, by the end of the week, you know, we've already Everyone developed have forgotten it. it. <laughs> we've already, we've forgotten that, but developed it a hundred new ways. And like, it's like nothing got time to have, you know, it's maybe it's almost Andy. like Tim Allen memes. <laughs> it's really, you know, another case of Andy Warhol being really prescient when he's like, Oh yeah, everyone gets their 15 minutes of fame. Like yeah. every genre gets its 15 minutes of relevance. <laughs> yeah. But what you described was like looking backwards. I've seen C-Punk and Vaporwave being described as C-Punk is kind of obsessed with those 80, uh, um, yeah, aesthetics, while Vaporwave is more obsessed with the 90s consumerism aesthetics, which is why all those like flashing SD cards and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, it's kind of like a bit tongue in cheek, but then again, the music sometimes really sounds awesome. Like half an hour ago, I heard from the bedroom last playing that song by Macintosh Plus again. And that album was a huge hit on the internet and yeah. um, things in a similar vein, like synthwave is kind of mixed in there now. Like a lot of people are calling what people, uh, the, the synthwave people produce, some people are calling vaporwave now. So there are a lot of misnomers thrown around that. Well, and people are just obsessed with trying to label things. I mean, and you know, a, a phrase my dad had said that stuck with me was uh, labels often conceal more than they reveal. Like, It's, it's back to that author function. Like Kanye means something. What, what does it mean? It may have nothing to do with his latest album, but people interpret it anyway. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's like, and it, combine that with how fast culture moves. And it's like, everyone's like, but what do we call this? It's like, can you just let things exist for a while first before we have to call them something? Yeah, but people have to be able to search for it. There has to be an yeah. entry on Wikipedia and Know Your Meme and Urban Dictionary. People want a name for things and they want the attribution that they've invented. Like, I mean, not necessarily everyone. Like, you rarely hear of people saying like, oh, I invented this meme. I want everybody to know that I invented yeah. this meme. Usually people who invent memes don't uh, do that, like, intentionally. And then in the end, they're like, I'm happy nobody knows that I spawned this. Um, <laughs> That's true. Um, with a lot of these genres we're featuring today, I, I hear a lot of Sega's aesthetic. Uh, I would <laughs> point to, and it's something that just occurred to me is like the music that Sega or Nintendo would use when you're in one of their stores, like their digital stores. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Vaporwave has also been compared to Muzak and Mallsoft. Mallsoft, another genre of <laughs> as, yeah. As the name implies, kind of soft music being played in the mall in the nineties. <laughs> uh, I haven't been in the night uh, to the U.S. malls in the nineties. Can you confirm that there was a lot of mall soft being played? Oh, of course. Um, it's either that or actual popular music, but that's probably a more expensive license. That's why yeah. you know part of why this music sounds you know air quotes cheap is because they, these businesses didn't want to license actual music and so they would you know license this cheaper stuff that you know like you're in panera and they're they're playing they might even be playing covers of popular songs but it's like a crappy a saxophone version you know a kenny g version of whatever popular song um and yeah. Speaking of speaking speaking of the licensing, um, Frank Jeff C, who we link in the show notes, um, he actually recently made a video about the history of music. Now he can be quite sarcastic at times, so not not necessarily everything he says in that video is one hundred percent correct. But he still <laughs> gave a very good overview of the history of music and yeah, Mallsoft and generally like the guy really likes to deconstruct the, those tropes of all those modern genres, especially the ones we just talked about. And he uses Yoshi's noise as a censoring sound, which I found very <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. You can go, Yoshi, yourself. <laughs> um, one more microgenre um, connected with Vaporwave is um, Simpson Wave, a genre that spawned in the last few weeks. Um, while the music is still basically Vaporwave or Future Synth or something in that direction, um, people are now editing simpson clips like episodes of simpsons to that music and like adding all those green screen effects and um like cutting it together in a way as if to tell a story and i gotta say like that, that as well it, it it sounds so stupid on the surface but once you watch that video and you really get in the mood of the video you're like it really works well like and and they sometimes actually use samples of the simpsons episodes so there is a connection between the two um, it's just so fun that now we've got a subgenre of a subgenre of a microgenre happening on the internet, and there's already like 100 videos of that. Yeah, and next week no one will be watching these anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Simpson Wave seems to be very popular. Well, at least Vapor Wave will exist for some more yeah. time, and until it's being like uh, until there's a new meme genre happening, um, we don't know what's going to be yet. Maybe it's going to be Silver Gunner. Um, cause th this is actually a really meme genre. I don't know if it, if it's actually a genre that we call Silver Gunner. It's just there is a YouTube account. Oh, it was a YouTube account named Silver Gunner. I got taken which, down. 
yeah, um, for copyright infringement. And once I've explained this genre, you will know why. Um, so first of all, the name is a pun on Gilva Sana, uh, which wasn't or is an account that uploads high quality video game rips, like from soundtracks. So Silver Gunner is kind of the equivalent of pronunciation manual, where you think you know, you, uh, where you think you're gonna uh, get some high quality rips. But in the end, what turns out to be the slide music of Mario 64 turns out to be the Flintstones theme. <laughs> But it's recreated so perfectly in the Mario 64, like the same <laughs> instrument set, exactly. Yeah, and if you haven't heard this song in a while, which was the case for me, like the first time I stumbled upon this video, I was like, yeah, that's just a sl- No, wait, wait, there's something <laughs> wrong here. And I haven't heard the Flintstones theme in the year, so I, di- I didn't really get it right away. So it actually fooled me. Um, yeah, that account used to upload like two videos an hour. Uh, which is crazy, but then yeah, copyright infringement, of course, sampling all those mu- all that music, and now people are like doing backups, backup accounts, doing their own <laughs> uh, twist on that. So uh, it's, it's it's amusing seeing that uh, those meme genres, like the 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 old switcheroo of you, you think you're gonna get this, but actually you're gonna get this. Ah, uh, the old meme genres switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's fun seeing uh, how the internet develops those musical memes because for years all you all the memes you've seen on the internet were mostly like image macro based or just text based in general and then with the advent of YouTube and more and more people getting uh, editing software you would see like a lot of meme videos the same kind of editing doing done and now for the for like the last year I've seen more and more actual meme music or music memes music based memes and I just like that how uh, everything opens up in that way. Like everybody can now participate in that. Like the technology is basically free or cheap nowadays. You can get something, some software to participate in those movements. If you've got an idea, you can make a meme nowadays. Uh, it doesn't have to be funny, but at least you can try. And I just yeah. like seeing that. Well, I like that characterization of it, that it's a part of people's ability to participate in culture and to be expressive and that it, it it's not just about what is music and what is music culture it's about people participating so that's cool i'm in i'm in favor of that yeah so i'm gonna have an eye open for new memes new meme genres or just new genres in general that are just very surprising it doesn't have to be meme or micro uh, and then maybe we'll address those in the show in the future <laughs> So another topic we have is uh, maybe just an update on what you're using to listen to music. And uh, I know you had switched to Google Play Music and I'm still on Apple Music. And how's that going? Do you like it? Are you going to switch back to Spotify? I haven't settled in completely. Like it's it's just like my new chair right now. I'm still getting used to how it feels. But so far I'm enjoying it. Um, the thing I like about Google Play Music, they, they have this I'm feeling lucky playlist where it's just no information you have to give them. It's just click play and they're going to they're gonna play you something. And usually they probably pick like one random artist from your library and then make a be- playlist based on that artist because usually the genre is very self-contained in that one playlist. Um, so... Considering they don't have as much listening data on me as Spotify does because Spotify is connected to Last.fm, so far I haven't gotten any ugly surprises. It's not as good as Spotify's recommendation, but it's also not bad. So I just hope they connect to Last.fm in the near future because, 
yeah, I've got more than 10 years of listening data on there. All my music taste is saved on Last.fm. So get on that. Google me <laughs> play music. Uh, you, you might, yeah, if you, you can know about this. I, I'm, it's not a secret. Like everything I don't want you to know about, I already delete by myself. <laughs> like all my guilty pleasures in music. They're not on there. <laughs> I didn't listen to this. <laughs> Um, the killer feature though, which is the reason why I was interested in Google Play Music in the first place is, um, uploading your own music to their library. So you get 50,000 tracks you can upload there. And, um, because there's a lot of music on my computer that is not on Spotify, not on Google Play Music. Um, usually some of my own stuff, which I haven't put on any of those services yet, which sometimes I want to just listen to in, in different, uh, um, surroundings on different systems and, just putting up put, uh, uploading that once and then having a stream everywhere that's great like there's a lot of artists i have that are only on bandcamp and i know bandcamp can stream but then i have to uh, open a different app um then it also only works if you purchase the music because some of the yeah. music is free on bandcamp so that doesn't work and now i've got everything in one app that's that's one of the main reasons i only want to be i only want to have to use one app Problem with Spotify always was I had some music on my phone that was only on my phone, not in Spotify. So I had to still use another app, Player Pro, which I can still recommend, but I haven't been using that much yeah. since I've switched to Google Play. So I just want everything contained in one app and I want that one app to do everything. And Spotify has a feature for syncing music, but it's really half-assed and really like buried and like, hey, don't use this. Um, Wait, they do? I thought they had a way to sync and you have to like add it i don't i haven't used it in a long time but i know you had to like use the desktop app to tell it to beam it to your phone and it's trust me it's not supported the way <laughs> you want it to be it's not like top level hey we're gonna feature your music it's but i've gotta honestly admit like i've never heard about them having that feature before and even if it's not fully implemented like it is on google play music it's still worth investigating because I'm not sure if after this three-month trial period, I'm going to stay with Google Play Music. Yeah. Um, so um, one, there, there are a few things that are really missing. Like I liked about Spotify that I was listening on the computer and then I had to like go somewhere. I just uh, started Spotify on my phone and it asked me, do you want to continue listening on the phone or do Amazing. you just want to con control the player on the desktop? And that is awesome. Like I yeah. just seamless music everywhere. And Google doesn't have that. They they just act like two separate music apps. Yeah, Apple has also not stolen that and they need to steal that feature immediately <laughs> because I want to get home and like I have an Apple TV. I just want to be like, hey Siri, continue playing on my Apple TV and just be like, all right, I got home and the party is now in the entire apartment instead of just in my headphones. Yeah. Um, and Google has that down with Chromecast. If I watch a YouTube video here and I'm like, ah oh, man, that's too long. Let's, let's watch it on the screen in the bedroom. Um, I can just click on cast to my Chromecast. I walk over there by the time the TV is on, the video continues at this part that I said, please stream this on my television now. So they have the technology. They just have to put that into the hey, Google <laughs> Play music app. Um, yeah. another thing about this, uh, uploading your own library, which is pretty cool, but, there is a lot of stuff that I've uploaded there, which is, uh, that is already in the official Google Play Music catalog. And sometimes they can't match that one to one. So, um, last week I featured Red Vox. I bought their album off of Bandcamp, but they're also on Google Play Music. 
every time I opened their album or I opened their album by now, fixed this problem. Um, I had every track like a duplicate, like the first uh, track twice, the second track track twice. Such and a they, rage when you just, see that. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I was like, okay, let me just then delete the ones from my library. Um, it wasn't always the first track that was from my library. So it's, I click on it. It's like, <laughs> can I delete this? No, that's the actual, no, that's the streaming one. Okay. I can delete this file. And it's like, uh, ah, Jonathan Blow. <laughs> but in general, I'm, I'm, quite happy it's just it still feels new because i've been using spotify for such a long time um it seems just to me like in just to sum it all up spotify seems to have a better execution but they're also more annoying in a lot of ways like the ways i've complained about over and over again which they don't think about fixing uh so for google play music they are not annoying but they don't have all the features they want yet and yeah. so far I'm leaning towards going back to Spotify after the trial for the simple reason that Spotify is cheaper. And, um, yeah, there are some features that I really like on there, but I would really miss not having my library everywhere. Like only can, can that I can only listen to stuff that is on Spotify or just loading my, my, um, phone up with music again. Um, but I only have like 16 gigabytes. I can use my watch as an extension. I think that has like two gigabytes of, but it's like saving. But then you're all bifurcated all over. Like, wait, did I put that album on my watch or on my? Yeah. And then it's like probably using more energy for the Bluetooth connection to stream the music from my watch to my yeah. phone, from my phone to my Bluetooth headset. And you don't want to think that hard when you want to hear a song. You don't want to be like, <laughs> where did I put it? Yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure yet what uh, if I'm going to stick with Google Play Music um but yeah so far I can recommend it but um I'm really undecided right now. Yeah. Well I but thought for I'd... now it's free for some for for like two more months I'm well, going to keep trying that. it. Yeah. Well I thought I'd update since I'm still using Apple Music cuz I save money with me and Shelby on the same service and uh I have to say the confession bear that I would offer is uh, every Monday morning I copy my Spotify Discover playlist into an Apple Music playlist so I can sync that to my phone and use it on mobile. And, uh, you know, it only takes about five minutes and I just actually recreate that playlist because that's my favorite thing about Spotify is the Discover playlist. It's just there's always something in there that I didn't hear before that I like and that's that's a killer app right there that isn't duplicated in Apple Music. There's all sorts of recommendation stuff in Apple Music, but it just, you know, it's always like, get into the deep cuts of band you're already a fan of. And I'm like, I know Radiohead's greatest hits. You don't have to offer me their best tracks because I already <laughs> know what I like from them. But um so that focus on new music is Spotify's biggest strength, but... You know, I agree that the app is kind of annoying in some other ways. Um, the Apple Music UI, I've gotten pretty used to. Um, you know, like any, it's, you know, it might be some Stockholm syndrome, but you kind of get used to where you I gotta living. say, when I when I used it on your phone, it wasn't that bad. Like yeah, I expected worse after okay. the things you told me. Well, the the biggest problems were the bugs. Like, yeah, the UI is complicated, but as long as you weren't encountering bugs, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But there, there is this one thing that bothers me, and actually it's true of Spotify too in my experiences. The, the app kind of goes high on my server sometimes. Like, <laughs> like if I navigated deep into a playlist or an album and then I, maybe I don't listen to music for the entire day, but I come back to the app, I would prefer you still show up in that playlist when I open the app. Um, but it dumps you out to the very front of the app and it's like, Hey, Here's a bunch of stuff. And so it's kind of like when you're on your phone and you say use desktop site and then instead of the article you're reading, it's like, I'm a website. <laughs> Welcome to my homepage. Yeah. Um, I still use hearts in Apple Music to collect songs I like because I you know I used to like use the star rating system. Like this is a four star song. This is a five star oh, song. Oh, that's so annoying. But yeah. I, it's annoying because I can never agree with myself at different yeah. times. Like, well, it's really not the best song of all time. It just was that one day. And so I like, I actually like the simplicity of a binary of like, I like this. And that's all that matters is that on some level, I like yeah. this. And uh, I use a smart playlist in iTunes that just, you know, any song that gets hearted gets thrown in this playlist automatically. So I don't have to, you know, like an animal drag it. But the catch is smart playlists don't update on mobile. They, you know, they exist on my phone, but they don't get new hearted songs unless I open iTunes on the desktop. And then it like goes through and figures out what the new hearts are. And that's stupid. <laughs> so, you know, it should be instantaneous. I heart something and, you know, if you're going to have this thing called smart playlists, make them mobile friendly. So there's plenty to complain about, but I don't think there's anything deal breaker um, since I'm willing to put in the effort of just recreating this discover playlist yeah. every time. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah. I got to say, I've been listening to more music now that I'm just, like, yeah, just give me the random playlist every day. Like Spotify has this discover playlist, uh, which is great, but it's only weekly. And with Google, I'm getting that with every click I make yeah. on this button of give me something new. And as I said, it's not, it's not as good as the Spotify playlist, but it is still good enough that I like it. Is that feeling lucky? Isn't that from one of their acquisitions in the past year or two? What was that music service? Oh, I'm they, not sure. Um, might I, be. I forget the name of the service, but there was a basically a recommendation engine service they acquired that they folded into Google Play Music. Man, they gotta change that name. It should just be Google Music, honestly. Yeah. Um No, that's also something I noticed that um when I open Apple Music, even though it's showing me a bunch of recommendations, I really do want that I want a trustworthy button that's like just play me music. I don't yeah. want to tell you what I want to hear. Just find something <laughs> good. And, you know, that's based on what you know about me, but isn't yeah. something I've already heard a million times. And, yeah. Um, another uh, kind of recommendation of playlists they have is, so right now when I log into Google Play Music, it's saying, it's Saturday evening, play music for, and then it gives me, like, topics. It's not my day with, like, an ice cream uh, that fell over, dripping on the floor. Uh, time for a book, relaxing evening, playing video games, having friends over, making dinner. And yeah. sometimes I actually put those on. Like when you wake up, when I wake up, I'm like, yeah, give me wake up music. It knows the time of day. And so when you click on it, you get more like sub-decisions of like, I want bubble bath relaxation. <laughs> I want fantasy soundtracks. I want down-tempo pop for reading. Yeah. And so I, I don't know if those like are handpicked or if there's an algorithm behind them. If they're handpicked, that must be a lot of work. But 
as I said, the, the recommendations aren't as good as Spotify, but they're still pretty great. So yeah. um, I like using just those playlists. I've gotten used to not wanting to think about what music I'm going to listen to. And it's really made me more relaxed when actually listening to music, not having to think about, ah, oh, shit, I got to fill up my queue again because the next five songs are going to be this genre, but I want this genre to play. Yeah. Um, Apple has some of those, they call them activity playlists. So you can be like, uh -huh. I'm studying, I'm running, I'm, you know, I just broke up with my girlfriend, like whatever. Um, and then <laughs> play me some night car. <laughs> they're actually pretty good. Um, so I've used those for running or when I was working on some after effects projects and I didn't need sound for the project, it was nice to throw on some down tempo electronica and, you know, just kind of chill with that while I figure out how to move cubes around the screen. Yeah. Man, downtempo electronic. I got a nice artist to recommend you. It starts with E and ends with Echolox. <laughs> no, wait, that didn't work out. Uh, let's just get to our picks of e the week. Echolox. I... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, start us out with your pick of the week. All right. Um, usually with the picks of the week, I really try to find new songs, songs I had not previously heard, and especially music that's very recent. But every once in a while, I, I decide to go into my musical past and pick out something that's been important to me or stuck with me. And uh, that's a you know a band I haven't used in, in picks of the week yet, but as very near and dear to my heart is Sunny Day Real Estate. And uh, you know, in the early '90s, they were kind of credited with like creating emo even though emo became very very shitty by the late 90s um but this music is you know you know like any creator of a genre they moved on from it very quickly and you know you wouldn't recognize this song as being emo even though there's a lot of emotion to it um but the, you know this is lead singer jeremy enoch i have featured one of his songs before and uh there's just a it's just a delicious song there's lots of layers and textures that get worked in even though it's a guitar based song um very weird for them the drums are looped it's a very short loop and it repeats the entire song once it comes in except for one part where it drops out and uh you know maybe that's enough description let's just listen to the song is called every shining time you arrive Yeah, so there's a little sample of a couple different parts of the song, and you can see that that the drums don't change, but it, it works because they they change the dynamic of all the other layers. And uh, yeah, what do you make of this song? Um, what I loved about those uh, drums is um, they have this one open hi hat before every second snare, and now that I know it's a loop, I know why it's always there. Um, which I feel like adds so much to the rhythm because especially if you use the same loop over and over again, you better make sure it's a damn good loop. And just this one open hi-hat before every second snare, I think it just fills it up with something that if it wasn't there, I was just like, 
Ah, it's, it's those drums, okay. But <laughs> just hearing that open hi-hat before every before the snare, it's just I like it. It's it's just those little things that I really enjoy about songs, like this little thoughts uh people put in there. Um yeah. other than that, it's a great song. It's very road trippy. And um I feel like I heard a banjo hidden on the left channel and sometimes on the right channel. I'm not sure if it's banjo or just a very trebly guitar, but it sounded like a banjo, at least the picking like the playing style was very banjo-like. Yeah. And also like later in the song, there is a cool organ song uh, sound, which you didn't want to spoil, I guess, because you picked a different part. Yeah, this whole song builds up to a very, very nice crescendo at the end. And and then it fades out, but there's, it's a very wonderful, you know, it's worth hearing the whole song. And actually this album, this comes from their album, uh, How It Feels To Be Something On. And it's one of those albums where literally every single song is good. So, you know, as as playlisty as our culture is now, I can totally recommend go load that album up and, you know, listen through it a couple of times and you will be hooked or we're not compatible as friends. Probably. What if somebody comes back and says, wow, I really enjoyed this album, but I only enjoyed the Nightcore version of it. <laughs> uh, I want to hear some Nightcore Sunny Day Real Estate. <laughs> uh, what was your pick of the week? My pick of the week is a song by Crystal Castles remixing The Little Ones. Uh, it's called Lovers Who Uncover. Um, I rediscovered this song recently because I uploaded my whole uh, album, uh, my whole music library to Google Play Music and it was on there. Um I'm not sure if they, I think they released it on a release of The Little Ones. Maybe it was the single of Lovers Who Uncover. Um, it's a very danceable track. And I say that as somebody who really doesn't like to dance at all. And <laughs> I dance to this song. So uh, that's my, <laughs> my testament to that. Um, let's just hear a little bit of it. when that arpeggio at the end comes in you know that's a crystal castle song yeah. <laughs> um uh i really enjoyed the track the first time i heard it like one or two years ago it just got stuck in my head i had to play it every day because this just this main guitar riff with the guitar uh, with the vocal melody in the verse it's just so catchy it just gets stuck in my head and i can't get it out and i'm not gonna get it out for a few days now that i've <laughs> found the song again um so what do you think of the song Oh, I, I, lots of great features to enjoy the, uh, as I wrote here, active bass, um, <laughs> you know, very buzzsaw edges to it. Just, you know, mm, 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 type mm-hmm. stuff, um, hooks you. Um, and yeah, that synth arpeggio is, you know, super Game Boy sounding, um, is very enjoyable too. But the thing that my favorite part of the song is about three minutes in, it cuts down to the oh no part again, and it's just guitars with the voice. And, you know, I really liked that breakdown and I was like, give me more, like, give me a whole minute of that before you bring everything back in. And, you know, they just tease you with it and then go back into Mm. a a more full part. But, um, 
Yeah, I've, I haven't heard the original song, but this seems like a very, very solid form of it. Yeah. Yeah, but this, uh, this act of doing a nice feature in a song and then only playing it once for a very short time, I sometimes force myself to do that in, in uh, imagining that once you've heard that, you want to hear the whole song again because you just want to hear that part again. Because I know that works for me on some songs, like yeah. um, on... Um, Everything Counts by Deepesh Mode. There's this one part like halfway through where it's like just once. And it's like every time I hear that, I want more of that, but they only play it once. Exactly one time and they don't loop it at all, but I want to hear the song again just to hear that part again. Yeah, they leave you wanting more instead of oversaturated with it. Right. And I usually oversaturate everything I do. Hey, that was episode 53. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find show notes, including links to all these micro genres. And also, too, we, we have a Spotify playlist where we collect, um, even though neither of us are using Spotify as our main music <laughs> app, we keep a Spotify playlist going. Uh, it's a public playlist. So if you want to check out all of our past picks of the week and hear these new ones, too, um, you can go to our Spotify playlist, which is in our show notes, which you can find at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 53. Um, you can also, in, if you're listening in a podcast app, there's probably a way to see the show notes um, tapping somewhere, usually uh, in the UI, and then you can probably get a direct link there. Um, while you're looking at our show notes, if you haven't already, you should subscribe to our show. And a, a new feature at Sunrise Robot, we actually have an all-shows feed. So if you want to collect all of Sunrise Robot shows, including Flipping Tables, Eclectic Readers Book Club, Likely Story, uh, The Pseudo Show, which you know may have a new episode someday. Um, if you want that one feed to rule them all, that now exists. So it's a really convenient way to catch up on all of our shows. Um, there's also still a bits and pieces uh, feed directly if you just want to receive this show. But that way you get new episodes automatically um, every time we release, which is every other week for bits and pieces. And, uh, you know, you can use, uh, there's, you know, hundreds of apps for podcasts. Uh, I like to use overcast.fm on Android, if you're, or on iOS. If you're on Android, you can use Pocket Cast or Podcast Addict. Or uh, we're told we're recording this a couple days in advance, but supposedly Google Play Music will have podcasts built in very soon. Probably, you know, as of the time of you listening to this, it may exist. So, um, that's another way you can subscribe. So by all means, do it. Me and Matt love feedback, and Twitter is one of the best formats for public conversation and, and interaction. So uh, if you want to tweet at us with your questions or song or genre, micro-genre examples, um, <laughs> you can tweet us. I'm at pseudo-Michael, S-U-D-O-Michael, and Matt, you are? At Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X. Uh, so send us some tweets. If you'd like to support the show directly, we have a Patreon for Sunrise Robot. If you go to patreon.com slash sunrise robot, you can pledge money, um, which goes a long way to keeping the lights on and keeping the tape rolling. We don't actually roll tape, but we you know, explained that and we get went into depth last week about how the tapes in the background are. Th working. There are a lot of metaphorical tapes we've got to keep spinning and you know, you got to stick your pencil in the cassette tape to, uh, you know, rewind, rewind it. Um, so please, please do pledge dollars. Um, every dollar goes a long way, and depending on the level you pledge, you may get yourself mentioned on every episode of Flipping Tables, or even every show on Sunrise Robot may be singing your name into the podcast sphere, whatever that is. <laughs> and so with that, some special thanks to Benji Robinson and Carolyn Kraut. We love you both so much. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. 